Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. You've discovered your link to GoPowerCat.com's PowerCat podcast. Now, here's your host, GoPowerCat.com publisher, Tim Fitzgerald. Welcome to this week's edition of the PowerCat Insiders podcast. Just three of us today, Tim Fitzgerald, Ryan Gilbert from GoPowerCat, and our basketball analyst, Jay Heydrich. Matt Walters was off calling the K-State women's game a loss for the Wildcats against, I believe, Oklahoma State. I, I looked and then I forgot because that's how my brain works. If it's not in front of me at the moment I am speaking, I can be lost. But that's okay. Uh, we're going to talk a whole lot about Kansas State men's basketball today. But don't, don't stop the podcast. I know that's your reaction. Oh, basketball, stop. I know that's how you, your brain's working because I fear a lot of you have stopped watching the games. And I'll be blunt here. If you didn't watch the West Virginia game Saturday, your mental health's probably better than the three of us because we all watched that game. And I have uh, been pretty vocal about how bad it was. And we'll get into all of that. But we're sponsored by Blue Mark Energy. Does your company or your employer spend $4,000 or more a year on energy bills? Would you like to reduce those costs by 25% or more and maintain the same level of service and reliability? If so, it's time to speak with Blue Mark Energy. Blue Mark Energy, K-State owned and K-State proud. I am in the studio here in my home, and I have three dogs in a dog bowl in the room with me. So we're, we could have some sound effects. It could be really good. It could be the most joyous thing about this podcast. Jay, I've watched a lot of K-State basketball, which is a kind way of saying I'm an old fart. I started covering the Wildcats in the middle of the 1980s when I was working at the Kansas State Collegian. And so I am one of the few journalists who has seen Jack Hartman and Bill Snyder twice retire um, because I did start off covering Jack Hartman teams. So I went through Jack Hartman, Lon Kruger, Dana Altman, Tom Asbury, Jim Moldridge, Bob Huggins. Who was that next guy? Frank Martin. And now Bruce Weber. That 20 minutes of basketball was the worst display of basketball, and yes, I'm including Fort Hay State, that I have seen in my time covering K-State. 17 points and 18 turnovers in an entire first half is a remarkable stat. Uh, and it takes a degree of neglect to us to accomplish that in my book. You're just not paying attention. And this is what concerns me. I thought the guys against Fort Hay State, it wasn't like they weren't weren't engaged. They just weren't ready. They just, you know, they they weren't good, man. They just weren't good that day. This is the first time this season, Jay Heydrich, I've thought K-State's players didn't look like they really cared. They, they picked it up in the second half, but the first half, it's like, oh, this is too hard. We're just not going to pay attention to the little things. It, you know, I was losing my mind watching it. Yeah, it was definitely frustrating would be an understatement to say that. And it, it's the focus on the turnovers, but 
it, it's it's the game as a whole. You know, in the first half, I saw uh, an instance where several instances, and this just this types of things happening. But here, here's one example: um, when Davion Bradford shoots a ball at the rim, misses it, um, and is busting his butt to get back. He's sprinting, but it's a big human. You know, he, he didn't move real fast. But Culver for West Virginia gets a wide open dunk on the other end. Well, guess who was guarding Davy and Bradford when Bradford shot that shot? It was Culver. And then how does but how does Culver end up with a dunk at the at the other end? You know, it, it, it's a lot of things, but he ran by three K-State players to get to the rim for a wide open dunk. And not a single person came off their man to, to protect the hoop. Not a single person picked up their pace to go pick him up. And, and that was just indicative of what happened in the first half and really a large part of the game. You know why West Virginia, why West Virginia did it? Because it could. It could do whatever it wanted to, whenever it wanted to, and there was just zero fight on behalf of K-State to stop it. You know, there, there's an old saying – if you're tired of getting your butt kicked, it's going to continue until you do something about it, you know, and, and that's kind of where K-State is right now. And that, and that may be, uh, sound harsh. It may sound, um, you know, not, not team-like, but that's, that's really where they're at. You know, they're, they are the only ones that can change, uh, what's going to happen right now. And in the wins and a loss factor may not change. You may not win another game this season, but whether or not you, want to be viewed as being an embarrassment as that effort was uh, uh, against West Virginia, that is 100% on your shoulders. And and that's really what it comes down to. If you want to change it, it'll change. If you don't, then it won't. But it fully rests with, with, with the team and the coaches. Okay, Ryan Gilbert. Jay and I are watching this on TV. That's how I'm having to cover K-State basketball this year. You were one of the few people that were actually there. I mean, limited amount of media, 1,500 fans, if they even had that. Um, so you got to see everything, warm-ups, how they come out, you know, body language on the bench. How did you evaluate K-State just in that up to halftime? I think that they cared, that the players cared, you know, the body language chance of that they, they looked engaged, but it was just a lack of execution. I mean, the, <laughs> the passes that were, um, they just didn't have enough oomph on them that, you know, just kind of allowing it in there. Um, the execution wasn't there for Kansas state. That was the, the biggest concern for me. I'm not concerned about anyone. I, I wouldn't say anyone, but the whole team, I don't think the whole team's quitting. They're all still bought in. It, they're just so young, and I don't know if it's coaching. I mean, it, it has to be coaching at this point, but they're just – something isn't right, and I couldn't tell you what it is, but they, they go out and they look they look like they care. It was just, like you said, more turnovers than points, man. Uh, Jay, you bring, up, you bring up a good point with Davion. That's where I was going to go. Um, you, you know, Oscar Shibley, one of the bigger storylines in college basketball this year, leaves that Mountaineer program, and then you've got – Derek Culver, who is in foul trouble all game. He only played like what, 20 some minutes. I think it was like 20 minutes or something like that all game. Um, and he fouls out. I mean, Davion Bradford, I'm, I don't want to pick on him, but he should have had a field day down there. I mean, this was his time to kind of assert himself and dominate and, and show these guys that, yeah, I can be a big post player in the big 12. Like we've talked about. 
Um, so he, he didn't do that only four points. Um, you know, I love his effort. He's trying, but it was just not, the execution was not there for Kansas state one bit, but it, it's, you know, I, again, Fitz, I mean, it's, it's tough because you've got players that care, but obviously you're getting blown out game after game. And like we've talked about, I'm a pretty big, you know, Bruce supporter. I try to be as optimistic as I can about this team, but boy, I, I guess the one thing you could point out, it was an eight point game in the second half. You know, they did rally, they cared, they got it within eight. And then you, like you said on Twitter, Fitz, I saw you bantering. You'd have Dejuan Gordon. Was it Dejuan or, or was Antonio? Antonio. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Even worse. Um, but yeah, that's not a recipe for a win. So again, the, the effort was there. Execution was not nearly there at all. Yeah. That, and that, that setting, you know, that, that, that instance, Brian is, is exactly just indicative of it is, you know, Antonio Gordon, I think he's shooting what 18% uh, on the year from three, something like that. You have the ball, eight point game chance to cut it to six or to five. Um, shoots a wide open three misses. And then on the other end gets beat on a back door for a dunk. Um, on the subsequent uh, West Virginia possession, so now it gets back to double digits, and you've just you've just compounded it. And you know, as 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 hard as I came out and and talked about that uh, when we started the podcast, I also have a lot of sympathy for these kids because I think these kids have been put in a position where. They should have never been in. Um, you know, people kept talking about uh, all offseason, this great freshman class, you know, all these freshmen coming in, things like that. And they are fine players. They are, they are really good players. But they are not the caliber of players that are going to um, uh, lead you to a Big 12 title or a 500 record. Um, they're, they're, they're good players that need to grow, and, and they're going to be phenomenal. But I, I thought the expectations that were being put on these kids um, in the offseason coming into the season was wholly unfair to them. And so um, now they're, they're, they're probably, you know, suffering from um, the excitement that, um, that, that, that people had with them of, uh, of, of why are these freshmen uh, performing as advertised when – they probably are when you look at where they should be with, with, with their rankings and things like that. You know, we talked about Nigel Pack and Davion Bradford having great freshman campaigns. They're having phenomenal years for freshmen. But the problem is that those are years for freshmen. And you don't have NBA lottery picks like Kentucky or Duke or anything that, that, that who are their freshmen. Absolutely I mean, right. Davion should be going up against like a guy like Luis Cologne. Or even even May Ween, someone like that against in practice that he can really get some good reps and he just doesn't have that. So I'm with you all the way, man. Yeah, it's very frustrating, and I'm beginning to wonder if uh, and I I don't want this to be taken in any way that we're attacking the players. Um, they are they're in a really bad situation, a really bad situation. So is it Antonio Gordon's fault that he doesn't realize that? because he's shooting 15% from three heading into that game, that even though he was wide open, it's still early in the shot clock, so he shouldn't take that. He should probably try to dribble in a little bit, either take a more high-percentage shot or try to break down the defense. Jay, my ongoing thing here, and I went on to a, a good solid two-minute rant on my TV show last night or Sunday night that – these guys are halfway or more through their season. 
halfway through the conference season roughly, they still don't have any parameters put on them for what you do and what you don't do. This is your job. This isn't your job. You should be playing within the confines of your skill set. Dejuan Gordon, there's no point in the game right now where you should dribble between your legs. Why? Because you don't do it well. I didn't see any sign that this is something you've worked on over and over and over and over and over and over. It's just something you've done once in a while because it's kind of cool. That I I am blaming Bruce Weber. I am blaming the coaches. You must confine them to what they can and cannot do and tell them to focus on those things. They just seem to be running around trying to do this and that. and there's, It's just helter-skelter, and I can't take it anymore. Yeah, I, mean, I think that's the biggest frustration. We, we said it a few weeks ago, or at least I did, that I was going to view this season not necessarily on wins and losses, but you know, improvement. What, 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 is, what is this season going to say at the end of, end of the year about uh, what the future looks like? And I think a lot of K-Staters were probably in that same boat. Um, it, it is tough to, on one hand, say this is a young class, this is a young team, we have no experience, we're out there battling, and then turn around on the other hand and see we're three-quarters of the way through the season. Have we gotten better? Because you can be young, and that's fine, but you would expect then with a young team to learn as the season goes on and to not make the same mistakes and to uh, capitalize on errors that, that it previously made and, and not continually shoot itself in the foot. And I don't think you can say that about this team. Um, matter of fact, you, you could make an argument that they've gone backwards. And, yes, they've had COVID, and, yes, they've had injuries and all those things. But what I'm talking about is not necessarily – things that are related to COVID and, um, and injuries. I'm talking, just like Fitz said, the decision-making, the, um, the process that you go through is to not necessarily what you do, but why you do it. And I think that those are the things that, that freshmen need to learn from is, you know, the, the more you do it, the more experienced you become, the better you get at it. And in, in the, the first time you try to throw a cross-court pass against a 2-3 zone and it gets picked off and they go down and dunk it on the other end, then you don't do it anymore because you realize, I could do that in high school, but I can't do that here. Um, we're just seeing the same mistakes over and over again. And so that's the frustration is that, yes, it's a young team, but from a continuing to make the mistakes point of view, they're not getting any older. Look, I understand that the coaches who pull you out with the with one mistake might go too far. I, I get that. That with young players, you got to let them make some mistakes. But I never see any ramifications for the mistakes. They just continue to play, continue to make the same mistakes. I don't want to see Dejuan Gordon shoot another three-pointer until he shows in practice that he's capable of hitting like, I don't know, five in a row, six in a row, ten in a row. What is the level of achievement in unguarded non-game three-pointers in which you should be able to have the green light? He has a green light. He shouldn't have the green light, and yet he's allowed to do it. If he would just focus on what he can do, he would help this team more because he's so good around the basket. He can get to the rim and score. This team needs that. That's exactly what this team needs. They, they need to get to the line. 
He's the guy that can do it. I'm just losing my mind watching them because it still looks like the group of young players just running around without direction at times. Maybe it's Bruce has made it too complex. Maybe he should have curbed it back in some way. I don't know. I, I, I don't I honestly don't know. But I I'll I'll just say this. I hope they come out in the future in the next game's Baylor. I'm just I don't even want to talk about it. I don't want I don't want to think about what Baylor's gonna do. I hope they start running, getting up and down. If if you're not capable of being a good half court team, then damn it, quit being a half court team. If you don't know how to run offense and you're not running it, then why are you in the half court trying to run an offense? Get up and down the court. Ryan Gilbert, thoughts? Yeah, a few, few things. Um, first of all, there's a, I think there's a, a difference with Dejuan Gordon just chucking up threes. I'm upset with that if I'm Coach Weber. I do take him and, and sit him on the bench. If Dejuan sees an open lane, he thinks he's got a chance to score, and then you know that quickly closes and he's called for a charge, I mean, that's a mistake. He's trying. I'm okay with that. So I think it's, you know, if, if it's, I don't want to be blunt here. If you're shooting a three and you're not a three-point shooter, then I'm mad. If you're trying to make a play, uh, you know, going to the basket, then more often than not, I'm okay with that, even if it's a turnover or an errant pass or whatever it may be. I'm fine with that. Uh, back to what you, you were saying, Jay, I wouldn't say the progression has gone down. I think the progression is just halted. I think it's gone steady in a straight line for the past month, month and a half in big 12 play, you're going up some of the best teams in America. It's going to be hard to go up. I don't think it's gone down because they still care. I think it's just been steady um, in the same direction. And it, it, I don't see it going. I don't see it going up anytime soon, um, but you just got to hope it doesn't go down. I guess is the optimism in there. Jay, is, the reality is this conference is just absolutely freakish this year and i understand that and why the conference has decided k-state and iowa state shouldn't have their rescheduled game that game's valuable to those programs but apparently it's not going to happen again yeah and 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 to go with the progression aspect you know i'm not looking at you know again i'm looking at the intangibles of it is are you making the same mistakes over and over and over again because that's what experience brings you um and, and, and that's where I think that, you know, if you want to say that, that that's flat, I, I'm okay with that. Um, I think that after the West Virginia game, it, it surely, certainly isn't trending up. But, you know, you have, you have Baylor coming up and, you know, Baylor's going to come in and in all likelihood going to do what Baylor people expect Baylor to do to us. But to me, again, if Baylor beats us by 25, I don't have a problem with that as much as I do – did you give it to them or did you make them earn it? Because um, Baylor's really good. I mean, we could play our best game of the year and Baylor could beat us by 20 points. Um, they're, they are that good. Um, but if Baylor comes in and, um, and you just say, oh, it's Baylor, you know, whatever, uh, we're not going to win this game anyway, and, and, and you just give it to them, you know, um, you know how you get better as a freshman is playing against Baylor and it's executing against Baylor. It's doing the little things. Guess what? You don't have a chance to line up against Baylor and go toe-to-toe and win. Not a single chance. Ain't going to happen. Zero percent. You want to give yourself a chance? Execute. Set screens. Make Baylor move on defense. Go attack the boards. Box out. Get back on defense. 
you do those little things, you may disrupt Baylor. You're going to give yourself a chance to win. But if you think you're just going to line up with Baylor and roll the ball out there and play and go one-on-one and and, uh, and, and, and try to get shots – you're probably gonna be about fifty. You know, it, it, it not you're not gonna be that bad, but you're gonna get, it's gonna be bad. Um, but you know, Fitz, I agree that I'd love to see the Iowa State game um, rescheduled. I think that that would be a good um, opportunity for K State to um, get some uh, reps against a team that isn't as loaded as like the rest of the league appears to be. But this is th- this is the hard part of the season. Um, you know, it's February, it's cold, um, no one's on campus. You know, we've talked about this before. But at the same time, too, this is what you signed up for. This is the Big 12, um, and it is a meat grinder. And there, there, are no, there are no days off. And it, your only choices are to either show up and punch someone in the mouth or just lay there and get beaten. And I'm hoping that um, this team responds. I, I hope that they were embarrassed against West Virginia. And I hope that they respond back and, and realize that that's not who we are. I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not going to let people, I'm not going to let three guys on a podcast sit here and talk about me like this. Cause that's not who I am. And, and if you don't want us to, then, then don't let us um, go out there and, 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 and make a change and do what do, do what you can do. Cause this team is better than this. These kids are better than this. They're better players than that. And, and I, and I hope they do because, because, if anything at all, they, they deserve the right to experience success, but it's just not going to be handed to them either. Amen. After the break, we will continue talking about Kansas State basketball, where the program's headed. Should a change be made in the head coach? And why do I feel like Tom Cruise? I know that's strange, but I'll explain. The PowerCat Podcast will be right back. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We now send it back to the PowerCat Podcast. Welcome back to the PowerCat Insiders Podcast. Tim Fitzgerald, Jay Heidrich, Ryan Gilbert, your crew today as we're down a body. Matt's down. He's down. Uh, he's okay. He just had to cover women's basketball today. As we forge through the nonsense of Kansas State basketball and the state of it and the difficult issues the Wildcats are facing as they move ahead. 
Oh, but I got good news. Blue Mark Energy is a natural gas products and services provider serving feed yards, hospitals, hotels, manufacturers, and school districts throughout the Midwest. And Blue Mark Energy is the natural gas provider for the Kansas State campuses in Manhattan and Salina. Blue Mark Energy, K-State owned and K-State proud. Or as I like to say, Blue Mark Energy, they'll give you gas. Hey, uh, guys... I made a little comment as we went to break that I'm feeling like Tom Cruise. And it's not because I feel like I should be weird or incredibly short. Um, it's it's because one of my favorite 80s movies of all time is Top Gun. I mean, it was it was cinematic perfection, sort of. But there's a point when they have to teach Maverick, Tom Cruise, to stay on the wing. Right? You're the wingman. You got to have your wing, your your guy's wing. You got to be there. You got to. And I went into this season with that thought about Bruce Weber. I knew it was going to be bad. Hell, folks, I knew last year was going to be bad. I felt like the one guy out there saying, if they can get to the NIT, I'll be surprised. And that's an accomplishment. But people were talking about the tournament and the bubble. And I'm like, what are you seeing here? They don't have players. And this year I decided, look, they're going to be young. I'm I'm going to I know I know that I feel like there's a better future for K-State basketball, but it's going to include these players. Okay? Well, I don't, if it's Bruce's coach, if it's someone else's coach, these players are part of that future. I believe that. Now with the transfer portal, a lot of that changes. We'll see how it plays out. But I feel like in Top Gun when Finally, Maverick learns to stay on the wing, and it all works out great, and everyone hugs on the volleyball court or whatever they do. I don't remember the movie that well. Um, but in this case, Bruce is about to hit the water, and I'm not staying on his wing. I mean, I'm sorry. It, this is this is a crash landing of a season in progress, and I want to stay positive about these players but I am offended, Jay Heidrick. I'm deeply offended by the product that Kansas State basketball has become because it should have never gotten here. We allowed the roller coaster to go on, and now the roller coaster is just not tolerable. And so many people who have been on Bruce's fan, fan wagon are now like, got to make a change, got to get rid of them. And I'm like, this is what you brought. This was kind of where we were always headed I don't, I, I, Jay, I'm just so frustrated I can't use words, and that's making for a bad podcast. Yeah, I mean, look, this is where I've gotten with it, is I knew that after Dean, Barry, and Cam left last year, I knew that we wouldn't be as good, but it, there's no reason why we should have been that bad uh, at all. Um, I knew this year with a young team and losing six transfers that we weren't going to be real good, but there's no reason why we should be this bad. And so if you have back-to-back teams with completely different players um, that are performing well under even what their low expectations were, um, I think that you really have to um, – look at why that is and, and who, who's driving the ship on that. What the result for, uh, of that should be is, you know, up for debate and people can talk about that, but I don't think there's much debate as to what the cause of it is or, or who, who, who's, who should be looked at as responsible for it, in my opinion. 
Fitz, last year I had my podcast and I kind of, you know, I, I covered the team like a little bit with that, but I, I was more or less a fan. So I never really was involved with the team. So you said you could see it coming last year, right? I honestly, I thought X was going to step up and be a leader. I didn't expect Cardi to do what happened, you know, with him. I didn't expect that at all. When did you, this is just kind of a question for me. When did you find out or, or know that it was going to be a train wreck? Well, I, I didn't know it'd be that bad. I don't think any of us expect it to be that bad, but I yeah. thought maybe they can be 500 because Xavier Sneed and Cartier Giada always struck me as guys that benefited from the big three. Having them around made their lives easier. And X had some big moments. He really did. He hit some really nice three-pointers. He developed into a, a better shooter from outside than I thought he would be. But he wasn't a guy that you wanted stroking it all the time. He had to kind of take it in the rhythm of a game. And I I feel like I'm not the one who should have seen Cartier Jada's problems coming. I feel like those guys are in charge of the basketball program. And this is the second time they've had a player completely go off the rails and take the whole team down with them. And now I'm really wanting to know why. The first time with Marcus Foster, if Bruce Weber's fault, and I think, Jay, you've said this very same thing, was that he was too patient and tolerated too much from Marcus because he wanted to help the young man who was having some serious issues with things I'm not going to discuss. If being too caring was his fault there, I'll let that slip. I mean, that that was a weird situation. But Cardi just went off the rails, and it was so about him. You know, and, and so many people were defending Cartier Jada. Everyone knows he called Bruce Weber a bitch in the huddle. I mean, everyone knows it's associated with K-State basketball. And they can deny it all they want, but it happened. And the second that happened, he should have been gone. You don't do that, man. So there's, I almost feel like there's so much tolerance and second chances and permissiveness here. To, to kind of make an analogy here, quite often the wildest children, the wildest classmates you have in high school are the preacher's kids. And I feel like that's kind of what happens at times with this team. Hey, we can get away with it. Let's do it. You know, hey, everyone. And I'm just, I'm exhausted by it. I'm totally exhausted by it. And uh, Bruce is one hell of a nice guy. He's proven to be one hell of a coach. You don't win back, you don't win two Big 12 titles by chance. If that was true, Kruger, Altman, Huggins, Martin, someone would have done it by accident. So it's worked out. He's had his times. But I don't see anything next year. That makes me think we have to stay on this path. I'm sorry. I'm just, I, I, I'm incredibly frustrated. And yeah, they're going up against Baylor's going to smoke them. Here's my challenge. Jay, they play Texas A&M on Saturday. This is a team from a different conference. A team outside the realm of this fishbowl that is filled with sharks and whales this season. It's a big fishbowl. But, um... The SEC isn't that great this year, and A&M's not great within it. Let's use that as a measuring stick. Let's just see what happens Saturday against Texas A&M and whether or not we should feel like there is some progress here because maybe stepping out of the conference will be good medicine for this team. I'm going to disagree. Okay. Um, 
I, I think we should use us as the measuring stick, regardless of who we play. I mean, I don't care if it's Baylor. I don't care if it's Fort Hayes. I don't care if it's Texas A&M, because what we've seen through the year, through this year so far, is that it, the problem a lot of times, regardless of who we're playing, is us. And so I think that, you know, the measuring stick needs to be the eyeball. You know, are kids getting back on defense? Are they getting beat on rebounds? I mean, we could go beat Texas Tech or Texas A&M by 10 and still play poorly. I mean, if we beat Texas Tech by 10, um, it, it's not that doesn't mean that we've potentially fixed the issues that are plaguing us. Um, and likewise, if, if we lose by 10 to Texas A&M, uh, it doesn't mean that that we haven't gotten better. Um, I, I think the 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 uh, the the test and the comparison needs to be what what we do and how we do it and start focusing on ourselves. Like you know, going to the to the example with uh, with with Cardi, you know, uh, that's just an accountability issue. You know, regardless of what he said or didn't say or whatever, the point of the matter is that on national TV. He, he stood up and made a scene in front of his coach to everybody. And then he got put back in the game later on. I mean, did, um, did uh, Indai from, I, I think I said his name right, the, the kid that got the technical for West Virginia at the end of the first half um, or beginning of the second half with the first media timeout, did, uh, did he go back into the game after he got his technical? I don't think he did. I think he did late in the game. Did he? Yeah. But he sat for a while, for a long time. And, I, and, and if those things would have happened um, to Huggins or Bill Self or Chris Beard or, you know, um, people like that, you know, it, it, confrontations like that and huddles, do they happen? Everyone says, yeah, they happen. Those are just kids being fiery, things like that. But, you know, it's one thing if it happens to Tom Izzo like it did last year. It's another thing that when, when it happens here, when, when you've had problems with controlling a locker and things like that. And my deal is just to finish up on this point is, you know, if it if it happens with Marcus Foster, you know, OK, you know, a kid came in, you didn't get it. You know, setting aside the fact that you're a 30 year head coach and been, been around kids for, for years doing this. Um, but when it comes up again, it happens again, and you can't see the same set signs and the same issues arising again, then then you own that. And um, again, we can talk about what the ramifications should be. That that's that's a debate. People go back and forth on it. But the fact of why it happened and who owns it isn't up for debate. Gilbert, I I, I mean, you're going to have those bad eggs. But you can't allow that egg to, you know, torpedo the whole program for two years, take down everyone with them. I, I mean, I agree with you, Jay. I think you should be able to spot that and say, yeah, this, this, kid, this kid's not going on the right path. But at the same time, it, it's going to happen. That's part of basketball. I mean, look at, you know, the Gerald Vick a few years back at Kansas. You know, Bill Self and him were not on the same page. Bill Self still won like a, you know, a Big 12 title, right? So, you that's going to happen. The, the players are like that. I think you've got to just let that be a side issue and keep everyone else bought in. And, and clearly Weber failed to do that with Foster and then failed to do that uh, as well with, with Cartier. Well, I'm just thankful that that didn't happen with Frank or hugs, but it wouldn't. That's kind of my point. 
No one would dare turn to one of them and say something like that to them. And I'm thankful because then the head coach would be facing murder charges. I mean, I can't imagine the, what would have happened if someone had looked at either one of those coaches or Jack Hartman and called him a name on national TV in a huddle. Can, can you imagine what would have happened if that happened to Bill Snyder? Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah, it, it, no. <laughs> like you said, there'd be a missing persons report filed. I, I, it just comes down to they, they, your players don't have to like you. It's nice if they do, but they sure as hell need to respect you and see you as an authority figure. And understand that coach isn't just saying this. He wants us to run this, and there's a reason why. And if you're not bought in, you're not bought in. You, you shouldn't be on the floor. And maybe he doesn't have any other options, but I, I don't, you, you have to get players out there who are going to run your stuff and, and do what you're saying. And the Fort Hay State game looked like a situation with a bunch of young players who were like, Oh, we can do this. We've got coach, coaches just telling, saying and stuff. And they didn't buy in. And they bought in afterwards. I'm hopeful Saturday was such an alarm bell to them. We'll have the same reaction, a gained focus from what happened. That should be humiliating. If it's not humiliating at this point, then the program's lost. Yeah, and I think you, know, you, you raise a great point, Fitz, that you don't have to like your head coach, but you have to respect him or her. Uh, that's not true just in basketball. I mean, that, that's a, that's a, that's a huge life deal all around. I mean, we, there's everyone listening to this. There are people listening to this who may not like their bosses, but respect them. And there are people who don't respect their bosses, but like them. And those people are usually the people that go find new jobs, uh, you know, um, or their company struggle or whatever. I mean, th 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 this is a, th this is a, life lesson as well too when we talk about you know i say all the time the best thing you get from sports have nothing to do with sports and i, and I use everyday things that i learned at k-state i mean just figuring out how to get things done how to handle people facing challenges things like that and you may not like you may not respect whatever but but you still got to get the job done and, and and those are things that these kids need to learn to be taught as well too gills I, I want your input now about liking your boss go I don't. Yeah, I was, <laughs> you, you knew I was going with that. I don't like you at all, Fitz, but I respect <laughs> you, right? I get my work done. <laughs> uh, but another point I just wanted to add real quick, it's kind of like a revolving door. You know, one could say, uh, hey, there's no seniors to keep them held accountable at the same time. Whose fault is that? That's, that's Coach Weber's fault for not having any seniors in his locker room. So I think it all goes back to him at the end of the day. The great Twitter account, KSU fan, um, great case stater. He's, he makes incredible color-coded charts that I find very uh, interactive. They're just, they kind of like, I immediately respond to his color-coded charts. But he ran some numbers after Saturday's game that only one-third of Bill, of Bill, of Bruce Weber's recruits have finished their senior season at Kansas State. That's it. That That's it right there. That either tells you that you're not recruiting good enough players, which is most often true, because these, it's not like these guys go on and say, well, I'm going to go transfer to Tennessee, and they end up a starter. Cardi's got to transfer to Virginia Tech, which is really a comparable program, I think, to K-State, and started, then didn't start, and then quit. So 
was he really that good? Or was he just allowed to be whatever he needed to be at K-State? I guess what I'm saying is it all comes back to the job that you have to do as a coach. And it's not just in the gym. It's on the recruiting trail. And they have missed on so many players. There have been so many recruits that come and go and never really pop up anywhere else. Never really show that they were capable of playing at this level by doing it somewhere else. They suck at recruiting. They did a great job with the big three. They developed those three. But we're in year nine, and the DJ Johnsons and the Wesley Wandus and anyone else that might go with Barry Brown, Kamau Stokes, and Dean Wade are too far in, in between. Xavier Sneed and Cartier Jada were really the only two recruits of note, and Jada was a, a chance. They took a chance on an athlete. Xavier Sneed was a player of note that K-State got after the big three. Levi Stockard was a highly rated player, but he couldn't play, so shame on the highly rated people that did that. Does that make sense? Um, they just don't get good enough players. At the end of the day, Jay, you, you can't win with a bunch of mules. <laughs> and, and I don't mean that as an insult because I think these guys are okay. It's just, are, is this fan base willing to put in the two more years it'll take to be good? Because they ain't going to be good next year. They'll be better, but not, you don't go, I mean, I'm sorry, but if you win one Big 12 game, four games is an improvement. And brother, that ain't enough. Yeah, I mean, it can only go up or sideways, right? That's kind of where we are. And it, it, that's the old you make you make me laugh. That's the old Bob Huggins line of the the best the best jockey will never win the Kentucky Derby with uh, with a bunch of mules. And and he's absolutely right. And, and I think that's what's just so frustrating is between last year and this year. That's the biggest difference between basketball and football. With football, you you can go get a bunch of kids out from Western Kansas and toughen them up and put a bunch of weight on them and get them to fill a finite role and, and, and have some success. I mean, Bill Steiner did it for years. Um, and uh, you can do that. Basketball is harder in that you can't hide those kids. You can't get a kid that maybe is undersized and put him at left tackle and he just has to do one job with, 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 with that job. I mean, uh, basketball, you're expected to do everything. And, and if you have one weak link, it is, ex it's exposed real quickly. Um, the flip side of that is though, you can go get the best quarterback in the country. And if you don't have an offensive line, quarterbacks can be pretty ineffective. If he doesn't have receivers or running backs or people around him, you go get Kate Cunningham. He's going to go change his team a little bit. He's going to, you know, we're not going to have one way to the conference. And so that's the frustrating thing from my point is that it doesn't take a lot to, um, uh, to, to, to be decent. And, and, and that's, that's the biggest red flag that I see is that with the roster of players that we have, not only should we not be with one conference win, we're not even competitive right now. I mean, we've been down by 18 or more points in every conference game except Iowa State. And, um, yeah, we're young, but this team's better than that. 
And these kids are better than that. And, and my hope is that as they, as they finish the year out, they realize that, hey, here's where we are. We are at the bottom of the barrel. Um, everyone thinks we're terrible. People are questioning our coach. You know, this is where we are. We have nothing to lose. So why not go out and prove everybody wrong? Get a chip on your shoulder. Start talking about how I'm, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to use this as, you know, I'm going to go show that um, fat old man from Olathe who played uh, eight minutes his entire career at K-State, why he's such a fool, you know, do it. Great. I would love nothing more than to uh, see this team come out just pissed off uh, and, and, and play with fire in their belly because uh, that's what K-Staters want. And if you do that, People will understand what the record is. If you do that, then the record is what the record is at the end of the year, uh, and, and people are, aren't going to be as bothered by it. But when you when 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 you when you have the record that you do, and then people you even give people a reason to question your effort or desire, things like that. That's when it snowballs. So, my hope is that this team will just realize that there's nothing to lose. Um, the only what you really have to play for is yourselves and your pride, and that should be enough. And, and I'm hoping that we see that on Wednesday night. They come out and against an overly matched uh, Baylor team. They're going to be overmatched, but go punch them in the mouth and see what happens. First of all, you're not fat. Second of all, I didn't know you lived in Olathe. That's yeah. that's troubling. Hey, uh, Ryan Gilbert, um, they will get Nigel Pack back for the Baylor game, I assume. Um and he might be a little rusty. That's okay. I don't think any one player, I'm not sure if you added Michael Jordan again in this game, it'd make that big a difference. I mean, Baylor's just out of this world. But Saturday, barring other injuries or COVID popping up against Texas A&M, K-State will take the court with all 11 players it has available. With Montavious Murphy lost for the season with a knee injury and an open scholarship, there's your 13. They'll have all 11 guys. I, I kind of just want to see, let's move forward a little bit. Let's see what we got here. And and I'm not sure we're going to see that. I don't know if we will either. We'll see. I mean, Nigel Pack, getting him back, you would, you would hope and pray that that's got to be really big. Yeah, I mean, Mike McGirl's had to, I mean, we saw Luke Kazuki running point guard for a few possessions, taking the ball up the court. I don't know if that was really part of, part of the plan coming into the season. So yeah, he could just facilitate it. He could shoot it. He can do all those things that a natural point guard does. I, man, I would hope that they can get taken, you know, some strides getting better, but you know, I, I don't know how healthy they are. Is Dejuan Gordon's ankle, you know, healthy Is Carlton, you know, he only played two minutes in that game uh, against West Virginia. Is his back healthy. You know, how is everyone else doing? So I, I obviously they're getting healthier by the day, but, uh, I, like we've we've talked about it a million times. You don't have to win. You can lose by twenty five. That's fine. Just show some fight and and don't just don't get beat up down there in Waco. Just show some fight and and who knows what can happen when you when you just play some basketball. That was not a good inspirational quote. That's all right. That's all right. Hey, uh, that's going to do it for this podcast. And I promise you, folks, it's going to get better. And I'll I'll say this. I will always say what's on my mind. And let me finish this podcast. This edition of the insiders with maybe my hottest take of all and i will go to my grave believing this since i brought out the top gun comparison at the top of this half of the podcast i will finish this show off by saying top gun is the finest movie made about beach volleyball in the history of film 
PowerCat Podcast. All rights reserved. GoPowerCat.com and Spirit Street Publishing. Everyone is talking about if. I'm going to go to Lynn Human. I like it. I love it. It's original and heartfelt. Ta-da! And the must-see comedy of the summer <laughs> that's perfect for the whole family. This is just so exciting. If. Witty PG. Now playing in theaters.